We have a special guest today on Preps Today with John Millay. You know the deal. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Go to TalkNorth.com, check out all the shows, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free and it's easy. Thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett. Thanks to our sponsors, Pizza Barn and Propane, Minnesota Propane, that is. Uh, so, John, inter- I'm going to let you introduce our guest. We'll have a nice conversation with Trevor, and then we'll get on to the rest of the show. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Uh, it's good to be back on the show this week. Our guest is Trevor Carrier, the head football coach at Leroy Ostrander, the defending nine-man state champions from a year ago. I, I saw the final three games of their season last year and their season opener this year when I rode the bus to Southland for quite a memorable evening, which continued into the next day. Trevor, how you doing today? Good, man. Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you bet. It's fun. I, th- I figured it's just kind of a nice <clears throat> extension of the of the time I spent with your team a couple weeks ago, week one. Um, let's let's go back to last year, though. You got you had two losses in the regular season. Um, you, you beat both of those teams in, in the section one playoffs. And everybody who knows nine man football knows how good section one is with Grand Meadow and Spring Grove and you guys on Lanesboro. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a dog fight down there, but talk about, let's go back to last year. What, what was that experience like just from the beginning of the year to, to winning that state championship at uh, us bank stadium? You know, it was definitely a roller coaster. Um, of emotions for sure. Um, we have a wonderful staff down here at Leroy, and, and obviously you met uh, all my staff. Yeah, uh, we're a very young staff as well. Um, you know, if you want to compete in Section One, you got to do a lot of different things. You got to lift weights. You got to do this stuff, and it's very cliche. Everyone says that, but you really have to get in there and earn it. Because if you don't, um, you know, we have Hall of Famers down here. Gary Sloan is is one of the best coaches in the state of Minnesota. I mean, it was one of the best programs in the state of Minnesota. Um, Carl Urbanek from Mabel Canton is a Hall of Famer, obviously, himself, um, and wins a lot of games. Um, James Semin from Lanesboro is going to be a future Hall of Famer, without a doubt, wins lots of games. Uh, Sean Kennedy at, at, at Southland is just a class act, and in my opinion, a Hall of Famer, regardless of the resume. Um, but we, we have a lot of great coaches down here and great athletes. So to, to compete, you really have to go above and beyond. And, and we knew we had a good team coming into last year. Um we didn't have a lot of athletes, though. We had 19 kids, 9 through 12. Actually, 19 kids. I brought one eighth grader up who was physically gifted enough to play um, to fill that 19. Um, you get into the regular season, and, and it's just a whirlwind. And um, the first game of the season, and in the first quarter, our starting running back and linebacker, one of the best players on our team, breaks his leg, um, and he's out. So 19 guys goes down to 18 pretty quickly. And I know that's only one guy, but that, that seems like a lot of people on the practice field. <laughs> Right. So, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, it, it, it was, our kids rebounded. Our staff got our, our guys ready to go. Uh, we put ourselves in some good positions, we thought. And then you run into some buzzsaws. I mean, there's no shame into losing to a Grand Meadow and a Lanesboro. Lanesboro was ranked, man, I think Lanesboro one of the best teams I've seen. They were just so physical and so gifted and so well coached and so uh, in shape from a cardio perspective. They just do a lot of things right. Um and they're ranked in the top, you know, one or two, I think, when we, we beat they beat us in Lanesboro there. Uh-huh. And then we turn around the next week and we beat Mountain Lake, who was undefeated ranked one in the state at home. Right. So then you kind of feel really good about yourself again. Um, and then you get, you know, our, I guess our, our tribal Grand Meadow, um, you know, they're not that far down the road um, at Grand Meadow, and they beat us there. So we're sitting at three and two. Um, I don't think we ever really panicked. It was just a matter of uh, – 
continue to execute. When, when you lose one player, again, it might not seem like a big deal to some of the bigger schools because it's next guy. You know, their second string is a pretty solid player too probably. Um, we lost that running back and middle linebacker. We had to do a lot of filling and movement around with 18 guys. We had to find the right spots. So um, we did a good job as a staff. And then, you know, we found Tanner. We just decided to move our offensive lineman or the lineman of the year, um, conference lineman of the year running back. And even, and after that, it was just kind of that missing piece of everything kind of just gelled there. But um, we have really good athletes. We have really good kids. That's that's the most important part here at Leroy. We, we have – a wonderful administration here that helps our, our staff, and we have wonderful kids, in my opinion, who um, who really want it. And, and yeah. last year's team really wanted it, and it was just a tremendous, fun atmosphere and 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 year. Yeah, it was it was really special to see to see your team. Uh, I was with your at your state quarterfinal on a cold, snowy night at McAllister College, and then the semifinal and prep bowl indoors. Thankfully, yeah, it was yeah. really fun to see. Let's go back to week one now, a couple of weeks ago, where you played at Southland, which is not far down the road. Team you play every year, and and a hot, humid night, and 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 your first offensive series. Your new quarterback, Lane Bird, same thing as a year ago, just another player uh, breaks his leg. I mean, it's freaky. It's just absolutely freaky. And in the story I wrote about it, I I painted the picture of of taking the bus back home after the game was suspended at halftime by lightning and you were kind of joking with your with your staff do we have to play week one next year i mean it's unbelievable first how how's lane bird doing uh lane's lane's doing the best lane can do i mean he's a senior and when you gear up for your senior year i mean every every kid who's younger playing at, at um you know at lunchtime from grade school on is waiting for that year to be your senior year to really show, you know, and, and yeah, we want to say championship was great. And Lane was our, uh, started both ways for us, but uh, he really came a long way. Um, I'm really excited about the things he did, but unfortunately those things do happen. And, and we watched the play. There was nothing malicious about it. It was just a, a freak accident and he got rolled up on that happens every single tackle, every single play at every single level almost. And it yep. just got caught, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the movie a half a second too early or too late, and it might not happen, you know. It, that's that's just true in football, unfortunately. Sure. Um, uh, you know, it, it's hard for everybody. If I would have called it to left, what would have happened? What if I would have thrown a pass? What would have happened? Right. You know, there's so many different things, and we can just, you know, kick our heads around. But Lane had surgery last Friday. Um, when they got in there, they found out that his ligaments were not torn, so he did not need to put a cable in, which was sounds really gross, and I don't know what that entitled, <laughs> but um, – <laughs> That the medical I'm glad for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he had his surgery. Um, and the great thing, and you, you saw it too on, well, Lane got hurt on that Friday, and he was he was back on the sidelines on Saturday morning with us. Um, yeah, against, to, to watch the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he had surgery Friday. Um, I believe, I don't quote me for sure, but I've been seeing 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and sure enough, you could why you could take a wild guess who showed up to our yeah. game was there by halftime. <laughs> no shock um, at all. No not shock a at shock all. at all. You know, basically yeah. it was no go. And he told his parents, "You, you, you either I either go on my own or you take me." You know, um, and, and you know he gets that boost too. And it's it's like I said, it's one of the hardest things maybe I've ever done as a coach. Um, and never wants to get into coaching, which is it's great, and you should. But these are tough times when you have to look at a senior and you know he's done. Like I've never had to deal with anything like that. 
Um, Peyton broke it last year, which is true, but he was a junior, so he, we knew he could come back. Um, Lane lost his basketball season, I would assume, and in football, obviously, too, and he's a captain. Um, and he worked extremely hard, and he, he knew he had to to try to replace Chase Johnson at quarterback, and he did a tremendous job at doing it. And we felt really, really good after the scrimmages when we scrimmaged Mountain Lake and, and, and Truman and, and Edgerton over out west. So we were really confident. And unfortunately, he's he's doing the best he can under the circumstances, for sure. He's a tough kid. And it's amazing that, you know, a year ago in week one, Peyton Rowe was, was the player who broke the leg. And then when you, when you return to Southland the next morning to finish that game, who scores the winning touchdown? But Peyton Rowe, who sat out yeah. last season with the broken legs. So, yeah, it, it was one of the most incredible, incredible week one, well, incredible football or anything I've ever done. And and, and that was a, a night when I think both offenses struggled. I mean, the final was 14 to 12. You win there at Southland. And now last week, the points were up there. You had your first loss to Mabel Canton, 46 to 30. Tell us about that game. Yeah, it was uh, – again, we, we had some issue. We had some kids get go down again. We had an outside linebacker who was um, Ryder Stern, a sophomore. He started last year for us. He, he got banged up. He still had his back issues. So we ended up um, pulling the plug on that. And then another senior captain ended up getting hurt too during nothing. Um, but he – nothing like he's going to key out the rest of the year. He just had to – he couldn't finish the game. So okay. at that point in time, we're down another starter. So as of June 3rd, we had three practice or whatever it was, June 5th. We had three practices. We call it a mini camp. And then we go two weeks in July full. We only get 11 days in football. So yeah. we get three in June and we do eight in July. So after that June practices, we had our starters kind of an, an idea where we wanted to be. And coming into this week, from June to this week, we're down five starters, wow. um, which is half our squad. And we lost, got to remember, we lost five starters from last year's team. So, um, it is difficult to overcome, um, and there is nothing against it. Mabel Canton is well coached. Paul does a great job over there, you know, even after um, Carl. And Carl's still vehemently on the sideline, that's for sure, um, and helping his squad. They, There's no sugarcoating. They beat us. They they, yeah. they they took it to us. They they played with great heart. And for us, it's not an excuse. It's just a matter of we, we weren't in the right spots like we were supposed to be. And it's just inexperience. It wasn't – more than that, it was inexperience. Um, and then when the chips are down, we got to be able to respond. So, gotcha. um, you know, again, they beat us. I thought we had many opportunities throughout the game. Obviously, we can't give up that many points, and that's something that needs to be corrected. Um, yeah. But I thought we did a good job of moving the football. Um, we threw the football a lot more than usual, but we, we take what the defense gives us. So credit yeah. to Mabel Canton for sure. It, it's Section one, you 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 prepare every week or you get bit. That's for sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we were prepared, and they just beat us flat out. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this week. You had another tough one. Lanesboro's coming to town. They're two and zero. The Burrows are solid, like you mentioned before. What's the? How's this game shaping up? Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's 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 something that I would assume that Lanesboro Circle Coach Salmon does a tremendous job over there, and I like James. He's very um, he's very outgoing, and he he gets after. You know his kids. He, he's very a very good coach. Every single year, Lanesboro's got a good team. Every single year, and it just happens so be it that you know they run into some good teams too. Obviously, with Grand Meadow winning four championships in a row, with Spring Grove coming back winning two, yep. and then we win one. So like, there's always a team there, and but they're always right there in in, in competition. And, and I would assume James is going to have his guys geared up. Um, he doesn't. Uh, 
we've had injuries, but that ain't going to be played in their philosophy at all, that they're going to come for us for sure. It'll be a physical football game like it always is. Um, and it will come down to who can execute. You know, we, we got to have a good week of practice, um, get our kids prepared that are playing, um, and play with no fear, that's for sure. So it'll be a good game for sure, and we're, we're, we're excited. Good. Uh, we're talking to Trevor Carrier, head football coach at Leroy Ostrander, the defending nine-man champs. I got one more question here, Trevor, before we let you go. Let's talk about the difference between 11-man and nine-man football. Obviously, two fewer players. And the, the phrase I've always heard from nine-man football people is you take out the tackles. You basically have three offensive linemen, probably a tight end. and But the field is also narrower than the traditional football field. And nine-man football is really fun to watch. I just love it because it seems to be a, a wide-open game a lot of the time. And Talk about that, just the differences and, and what's important to having a successful nine-man team. Yeah, I think, I mean – those are all true, uh, so to speak. Yeah, we do remove the tackles. We play a three-man line with a tight end, so we play a lot more spread, gun, RPO systems. Um, that's our philosophy. That's my philosophy. I'd the same, similar stuff if I was a love man coach. But um, you look across the state, and it gets very different. Um, Mabel Canton runs a very tight um, style offense. Lanesville likes to run the football as well. Um, you know, Edgerton, we face in a scrimmage. They run a different offense as well. It's tight. And then some teams want to air it out and throw it. So – uh, it depends on your philosophy, just like anything else. Uh, you get used to it very quickly. Um, I came from 11 man. Um, it is my opinion. I feel that you can use the space better and be more wide open. It feels like you do have more space. Right. Um, even the, the field shrinks. Um, and that's just my opinion. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, so that suits the way we want to play offense and do those things. You got to tackle an open field. That's that's a biggie because you know one missed assignment could be an 80 yarder pretty quickly. Uh, in the nine man, but it's a wonderful game and it's a great game for, especially for smaller schools like us. Um, it's exciting. I don't think that the level of, uh, competition is any different. It's just a matter of you take the two people off the, off the field, uh, and then you have more of an open game. So it, it's fun. Um, it's exciting and, uh, you know, I enjoy it. And, you know, in Iowa, they play eight man football, which a lot of states do. And I've never, and I've seen that, but some states have six man football which I've only seen on video. I cannot imagine what six-man football is like. But I like I like the nine-man game, and I know you do too. Yeah, it's a tremendous game. And like I said, football and nine-man is very special. There's a lot of good, talented programs uh, throughout the state, up to Stephen Argyle, all the way down to Spring Grove. And we can go northwest, southeast. There's always competition. And the nine-man tournament's always tremendous um, with some great athletes and fun, exciting games. And um you know, section one's just a fun place to be, and it's a it's a grind every year. So um, it's it is. fun. You bet. Well, thanks again, Trevor, for for being with us here, and thanks again for letting me hang out with your team and your coaches. Uh, week one there, it was quite the night. And if people haven't read that story, go to John's Journal at mshsl.org, and you'll find that story from Leo. It was great. So, Trevor, you got things to do. You got practice coming up, so we'll let you go. And uh, good luck the rest of the way, my friend. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. And, John, I, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate everything you do, not just for Leroy Ostrander and our kids, but for the whole state of Minnesota. It's 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 a pleasure reading your stuff and watching it. You, you go from north to south, east to west as well. It's not just metro, and you do a lot for the rural schools that most people don't even know about. So from the bottom of my heart and from our entire coaching staff and kids, thanks for the journey. Thanks for coming down. and uh, So appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate it so much.
I appreciate it, Trevor. Yeah, I've got a good job. I really like what I do, and it's because <laughs> of the because of the people I get to hang out with, like you guys. So we'll let okay. you go, and Jim and I will move on with the show. Thanks, Trevor. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, thank you, Trevor. Cool stuff, John. Thanks for lining up, Trevor, and thanks for sharing the story. We do appreciate it as always. Uh, we are going to get to other stuff happening around the state. As Trevor said, John covers it all for MSHSL.org and for this organization. Uh, first, though, tell us about Pizza Bar. Yeah, things are happening. It's uh, We're into fall now, and uh, the two pizza bar and food trucks are rolling. First, let's talk about the pizza of the month for September. There's a lot of traditions at the pizza barn. And the September pizza of the month tradition is macaroni and cheese. And there's a little different take this year. This year's version is the buffalo chicken mac and cheese pizza. I like chicken. I like mac and cheese. I like pizza. I see no downside here. Uh, they build it with starting with their own homemade crust, which is fabulous. They throw on uh, buffalo-flavored mac and cheese. Then before it goes in the oven, it's topped with seasoned chicken breast, some cheddar, some mozzarella. And after it's baked to a golden brown, a little buffalo sauce is drizzled on top for an extra kick. That sounds unbelievable. And those two pizza barn, pizza barn food trucks, they are racking up the miles, serving that great pizza all over. If anybody's going to be at Minnetonka High School here this week on Friday night, uh, you're going to see one of those food trucks. Uh, Maple Grove is coming to Minnetonka for one of the big Class 6A football games this week. And there you'll see a pizza barn food truck there. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I've had pizza from one of those food trucks at Minnetonka High School at a football game a couple years ago. It's just great. So, And, of course, the home base of it all, the pizza barn itself in downtown Princeton has a great big menu with, with everything you'd want for lunch, dinner, in-person dining, take-and-bake delivery. They cater. Uh, we're so grateful to Jody Stay and her crew at the pizza barn for, for being our longtime sponsor. Absolutely. And thanks also to Minnesota Propane. Get out there and use that propane while the weather is still good, although I will still use it even in the winter. Uh, what makes more sense than warming up outside by grill outside? And, yeah, and but you're, you're a food. tough guy. You're a tough guy. You'll do that. Oh, God. Nobody's ever. Well, it's, <laughs> I, I'll be worse. I'm saying nobody's ever called me a tough guy. I, I would say, and that's not quite true. I, I would say it's been about 38 years or so since somebody saw it. So I appreciate you saying that, John. It's been yeah, 38 years. <laughs> All right, let's get to the heart of Waseca. Yeah, I was down in Waseca Friday night. Uh, this is kind of the ultimate feel-good story. A year ago this month, Brad Wendland, he's the head football coach at Waseca High School. Uh, it was well-publicized. I wrote about it a couple weeks after this happened. He, he collapsed on the sidelines. His heart stopped. He was dead. His heart did not beat for several minutes, and his life was saved by athletic trainers and a nurse who ran down from the stands. So I went back to Waseca Friday when, when they played Marshall in their first home game of the season. It was Brad's first game back on the home sideline. And uh, it, it wasn't overly emotional for him. He's a football coach. He was into football. And uh, after his after his incident last year, he, he missed the next couple of games. But he was back for the rest of the season watching from the press box, calling the plays from up there. But that for any coach, that's not like being on the sidelines. And it was, it was quite a night. Marshall uh, ended up beating Waseca 8-7 to seven on an absolutely terrible night for football. It rained nearly the whole game. Everybody was soaking wet. Turnovers left and right. Uh, you know, Marshall scores to trail 7-6. to six. They go for two. They get it. They win the game. 
everybody was, like I said, soaking wet, but it was great to see Brad back where he belongs. And again, you can read about this, uh, read about Brad on John's journal at MSHSL.org. And in the news story, there's a link to go back and read about uh, the situation a year ago. It's it's quite phenomenal. And, and he knows how fortunate he is to uh, have survived that and to be back where he wants to be. Another great story. All right, let's get to volleyball. Yeah, I, I watched some volleyball uh, Monday night this week. I, I went to Rosemount High School where Prior Lake was the visiting team. It was a big night because this was night. This was day one of South Suburban Conference volleyball. This is one of the the powerhouse, uh, you know, Class 4A big school volleyball conferences. Uh, Egan has been the, the kind of the class of that conference for a long time. They've had a great run at the state tournament. So I thought, let's go watch two teams. And and kind of the draw was Rosemount, which is not known as a volleyball school, but they're off to a great start. They're ranked eighth this week in in 4A. And they had their hands full with Prior Lake. They, they won three to one, but all four uh, sets in this match went right down to the wire. Prior Lake is a good team. Rosemount's a good team. And then another volleyball note, the biggest news from the weekend, uh, Wyzetta, which is the two-time defending state champion for a, they had won 65 matches in a row and they kind of got surprised. They were playing at the Southwest Minnesota Challenge Tournament in Marshall, one of the big regular season tournaments. And Northfield uh, knocked off Wyzetta in that tournament. So uh, Northfield's the new number one team. Wyzetta's number two this week in the volleyball coaches' rankings in 4A. So it's going to be a really fun volleyball season with four classes now, which we've had for a couple of years. It's it's pretty wide open. So it was fun to go watch some good volleyball and, and also uh, just to have a good time watching kids compete. Uh, such a great sport. All right, let's get on to, you know, I, we always talk about sports sometimes. I inaccurately refer to this as a sports show. This is really a high school and youth sports activity show and band and debate and things like that are just as, as valid and important as any sport. So let's talk about some band kids. Yeah, band kids rule. That's the story here. Uh, there's some kids from Grand Rapids who on Saturday took part in three different events, uh, hundreds of miles apart. So these are soccer players. Trevor Snetzinger is a senior at Grand Rapids. Reese Kuschel is a sophomore. They had a home soccer game at nine o'clock in the morning. I, I can't imagine that was the originally scheduled time, but they're both in the marching band at Grand Rapids and Grand Rapids has one of the state's absolute best marching band programs. I've seen that band multiple times, pep band, marching band. It's a great, great program. So they play in a soccer game at home in the morning. They get in the car with mom and dad and whoever else and drive down to the Twin Cities here because the marching band was in two competitions later Saturday at Eden Prairie Saturday afternoon, Eastview that night. And those were a couple of tired uh, athletes slash musicians. But uh, that really says a lot about commitment. And they're going to be there for their soccer game at nine o'clock in the morning, get in the car, head down here, put on your band uniform, grab your instruments and, and join your band uh, teammates and compete. What a, what a neat deal. And uh, this is another non-sports item here. I got a, I saw a tweet from Proctor High School. The, the student newspaper there is called the Mallet. So there were a couple of photos, and the tweet said the staff is working on their first stories for the first issue of the year. This is the 97th staff to write for the Mallet. So there's a lot of history here. And nobody's missed a deadline for the Proctor Mallet student newspaper in 48 years. 
So that is excellent. We love those young journalists, guys like you and me, Jim. We love to see that. So congrats to the Proctor Mallet. Young journalists who can make deadline. That is awesome. <laughs> Bonus. Uh, no, seriously, I mean, you got to make deadline. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not a hobby. You have to make oh, deadline. And it's, right. it's a really great sign when you can do that. Uh, exactly. Three segments remaining. Reminder, uh, go to talknorth.com. You'll find all kinds of great stuff. This, of course, is our prep show. Uh, we also have Cheryl Reeve and John Krasinski and the Viking Update Show and Jeff Diamond's Vikings Insider and uh, and the Chin Music Show with Roy Smalley, Smalley and Lavelle Neal. Uh, we have Black Muted My Show, the Cheryl Reeve Show, I think I might have already mentioned, uh, plus tons of outdoor content, tons of variety content. We keep adding big names to the network. Please go check it out. And as we said, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's easy. Thanks again to our producer, Brianne Burdett. And thanks to you for listening. We do appreciate it. Now let's thank a ref. Yeah, Jim, we can't beat this drum enough about, about how important officials are. And and it's 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 going to be a constant throughout the school year, games being postponed or having their times changed. Uh, we had some soccer games already this week that, that that's happened. You know, we've got high school football games on Thursdays and Saturdays. And Wednesday night used to kind of be a sacred night where we didn't have a lot of high school games. Kind of It was kind of church night, so to speak. And we're seeing a lot more volleyball games, soccer games played on Wednesday nights. They, they just have to be spread out so officials can come. And uh, we talk about trying to recruit officials a lot. We've got another upcoming, uh, uh, at the high school league, another upcoming official recruiting forum. It'll be held on the evening of October 5th. I think it's from 7 to 8 p.m. It's online. You register and you'll get, you'll get the, the link. You hear a lot of great information. If you go to the MSHSL Facebook page, there's there's a graphic there. I've also tweeted out that info. So uh, we need officials. Um, there, I'm also seeing more more tweets that uh, it's really impacting the sub varsity levels, the JV, the sophomore, the ninth grade level. It's really there are really a lot of places a young official can gain experience right away, working those lower level games and, and getting more comfortable. So. Uh, again, that uh, official recruitment forum's coming up in early October. Encourage anybody who's interested to tune into that. Great stuff. All right, uh, this is a, we always try to thank a ref. Uh, today, we're going to thank an athletic director. We are my my close personal friend, Mike Manning. He's uh, the athletic director at Rosemount High School. Another reason I wanted to go to this volleyball match this week was to hang out with my buddy Mike. I don't see him enough. My kids are long gone out of high school. They're all Rosemount grads. And he is retiring at the end of the year. He's been there. This is his 27th year, which is an amazingly long run for an athletic director and activities director because those jobs are, you know, it's 14-hour days. It's weekends. If you're home in an, on an evening, it's a rarity for these guys once the school year gets going. And we were chatting, and, and we were talking about our kids and our grandkids and Mike, uh, Mike remarked that when he started in this job, email was not a thing yet. That's how long he's been the athletic director at Rosemount High School. Email was not a thing. So congrats to Mike Manning. He's done it as well as, as anybody has uh, and much longer than most. So way to go, Mike. That's, that's great stuff. Reminds me that when I started covering uh, the NFL in baseball, 
I didn't have email at first, uh, and I didn't have the internet at first, so I carried around 80 pounds of, of reference books everywhere I went. Uh, might explain the back problems later in life. <laughs> yeah, we all did that. We carried around those media guides. And, oh, yeah, I remember. Yes. Yeah. All right, uh, it is time to remember September 11th. Yeah, we just passed that uh, annual annual date. Every year I repost a column I wrote for the Star Tribune a few days after September 11th, 2001. It's, you know, I, I called uh, the, F, the athletic director at uh, Columbine High School and I talked to uh, uh, someone in Wisconsin with a school where they had had a tragedy with a couple of couple of kids dying in an automobile. And just kind of went to them for guidance on on getting through tragedies. And, and it's it's something people still still talk to me about that all these years later. So I every year I repost it. Uh, it's basically an argument that let's, let's let high school sports help us get through tough times. And this year, uh, as a new thing on Twitter, I posted the link to the column and I asked followers on Twitter to, to post their memories from that day. It was really amazing. Everybody has a different story of, of when they saw the news and what they did that day. And if you go to my Twitter account at MSHSL John, you can find those comments. It was really, really something, Jim. And it's the emotions never quite leave, even all these years later. You, you kind of, it all comes back. You know, when we get to this point in September, how how shocking that was, and, and uh, just the memories from that day it was quite a deal. No, and I really appreciated that you took that approach. Uh, you know, as journalists, you have to find ways to personalize, humanize even the worst days that we experience, yeah. and that was that was a beautiful way to do that. Uh, John, great show you put together today. Uh, thanks for getting Trevor on. That was fun. Uh, thanks for and thanks for taking us through all this, uh, all these <laughs> important things, this full range of emotions. Uh, great work as always. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again to Brianne. And hey, thanks, thanks to everybody who listens to this show and listens to our network.